Candace and Ariel are not final girls. Candace is second to last at best. And Ariel is probably the killer. This podcast is intended for ghouls, haters, and Wikipedia summary readers. Listen on at your own risk. Welcome to our twisted mind. If it's not a good look, why do I wear it so well? Pardon me, I missed a your pretty face for someone else, but you just have to do because you see it's getting late. Everybody, and from the spaceship of womanhood. Yeah, I'm like, where are it's we? It's not your final girl. I don't know where the fuck we are. Honestly, I was kind of thinking about it and I gave up. But <laughs> yeah, spaceship of womanhood. Sure, it's not your final good. girl. And I'm Candace. I'm here with my co-host Ariel. Hello. And it's just us today. Hell yeah. Yeah, we're just chilling, and um, we are going to be talking about. And uh, a couple of all-timers, for me anyway. This is like shit that it's like, wow, we haven't talked about this on a podcast? Absolutely humiliating Yeah, 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 absolutely. These two really actually do fit together in ways, that, in some ways that I was not anticipating as okay, per usual. Okay, some shit that was like, uh, we seem like geniuses. I now, had moments where I was not. like, oh! Yeah, for sure. <laughs> like, of course these two go together. Uh-huh. But um, really, they were just two that I thought, what the fuck, why haven't we talked about these two on the podcast before? Yeah. Um, Hagasusa from 2017 and Under the Skin from 2013. And yeah, absolutely two of my all-time favorites. Favorites. Um, actually, I made this joke months ago, like, on Twitter, that, like, somebody was saying, like, what are movies, like, what's a movie you would show someone to just show them what you're really about and, like, all your hopes and dreams and your fears <laughs> and your, you know... Like, it just encapsulates you, which is, like, an insane question to ask, but I, my response was, like, yeah, I'm just gonna make a first date, watch Hagasusa and Under the Skin (laughs) while I, like, stare at their face for their reactions. (laughs) Hagasusa was a late watch for me, but Under the the Skin, I've been a big simp for a long time, we'll say. It's a really good one. Watch it alone, didn't have anyone to discuss it with, as God intended. Yes. That's how you should watch that film. I think I watched, I watched Under the Skin, I, um... (laughs) I checked out, oh my god, what were they? Thirst, the um, vampire movie. Yeah, Korean vampire movie. Um, Blue Velvet, which I had never seen at the time, and Under the Skin. And I was like, I'm going to have a weird psychosexual weekend and watch all these movies. I checked them out from the library because um, they made me shelf DVDs when I worked there. And I was like, okay, well, obviously that means I'm going to take a whole bunch of DVDs. Take everything. Yeah, so. Yeah, um, that was like the standout, honestly, of those three. I mean, I, like uh, obviously, I love Blue Velvet, but yeah, this one's like this one spoke to me. I love Thirst, but Thirst would be a weird watch. Oh with man, skin, we'll honestly. we'll talk about Thirst yeah. someday. <laughs> someday. Some beautiful guests. <laughs> yeah, those are all. Those are all thirst. fucking bangers, yeah. to be honest. I yeah. don't mean to disparage any of them, but Hagasusa, I watched. Like, yeah, I think it didn't come out in the U.S. until like 2019. Yeah. And so oh I think it, it got put on Shutter sometime that year, and I watched it 
Thank um, God for Shutter. Yeah, I watched it high in my bed on my laptop. Amazing. As God intended. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and thought, wow, this is weirdly comforting for how fucked up it is. It's a weird. It's a movie that I didn't watch until. Well, until so we talked about this movie, but not on our podcast. Yeah, which on... actually I thought I said at one point. Damn, yeah. it's a shame we've already talked about Hayasusa, and Ariel was like, we actually podcast. haven't. Yeah, we talked about it with Hornblood Fire, which if, if you're a Hagazusa <laughs> scholar, <laughs> then you will know that that is literally from the film, anyways. But um, but we didn't talk about it on our podcast, but um, I hadn't watched it until Amber from Hornblood Fire um, selected that movie. She so. selected the podcast of her namesake. Dude, for, just for us, which was very nice. Which shout out to that podcast. Shout Follow out to Amber. Yes. Uh, listen to her shit. Support her shit for sure. So, Hagasusa, written and directed by Lucas Feigelfeld, and I think it's in German, if not High yeah. German, like old, not, not old sure. English, I but know, like, like old German. Hagasusa is. An old German. Yes, it's a high German, whatever. Girl, Why do they call it witch. high German? That sounds oh, hello, creepy. I'm a high German. I have no fucking idea. I know that, like, in Elvish, there's high Elvish and there's low. There's Queenia and there's Sandara. I see. Is this, like, so is this, like, <laughs> the upper class elves and the lower class elves kind of shit? That's or is it, like, if you're guess. being fancy? Um, honestly, don't fucking know. Because okay. sometimes shit like that, like, literally applies. So... It might be because this takes place in the Alps, right? This film in the Alps, it takes mm. place in the Alps. Literally high German in that sense. Yes. And it would make sense high if there's a linguistic difference because if someone's living in the mountains in the yeah. Alps, they're not really interacting. I never even thought about that. I don't know my shit, but maybe that's it. Maybe. If We're you not know, if you know German background stuff, hit us up. Honestly, I don't know <laughs> nothing about... I don't really know anything even about the history of English. Like, I know there's Old English and Middle English, but I don't understand either of them. I mean, German is, like, highly, like, we take a lot from German, for sure. True. That's all I know. Whatever. We're not linguists. This isn't a linguist. Yeah, we don't know anything. I mean, like, watch the movie. Just watch the movie. And There's subtitles. There's subtitles. You don't have to worry about what language (laughs) is it. Don't worry about it. (laughs) Yeah. So, it's about a lone goat herd named Albrun who lives outside a 15th century German village and is slowly drawn into companionship with a local woman. That sounds like a really sparse Sexy. No, it's it not also sounds very lesbian. <laughs> and yeah, it is. And it is. Yeah, I would say. In a really fucked up way. This is a movie that, like, man, this is, like, kind of one of those, like, I found it, like, comforting in some way. Because it validates, like, just the fears mm-hmm. of being a woman alone in the world, I think. Oh, yeah. It's, like, it's super, I feel like it's super about isolation. And this is, this is, these are both movies about being a woman alone. Yeah, and they're so interesting because they're not, they are being a woman alone, but they're being a woman alone in such, a, like, a fringe way. Like, it's being a woman alone in a way that womanhood is not like maybe scar- to you, yeah maybe right? scarcely understands what it's about yeah and like you know in this one she's i mean she's so just so isolated and like is more a witch than a woman by society yeah right and so like it's it's uh yeah it's so good because it looks at like both of these movies like i think examine gender in a really uh compelling kind of way yes 
It's not just like someone who's like, oh yes, like everyone uh, accepts that I am a woman, I'm a woman in a normal way that everyone loves, and here I am alone. It's like different. You yeah, know? it's absolutely. like you figuring out your shit and like understanding what that means or what that doesn't mean, or like not even you understanding it. It's how someone else understands it and bludgeons you over the head with it, you know? Right. Like, it's fucked right, up. Right, how like the world is formed around you. Yeah. As a person. Exactly. Like, you're with not a female body, necessarily. Like, it's not even, like... I mean, especially in the case of Under the Skin. Yeah, it, it's, like, how the world forms around you when they perceive you as a woman. Exactly. And, yes. I mean, and this movie is... Her mother, the first chapter is just her as a child with her mother, who is also living the same kind of life as her. And totally isolated. Yes. Living the dream, kind of. Yeah, honestly. Like Except when people show up in masks, fucking Being the torches outside your house or whatever. Yeah, yeah, and they, they seem to be shunned by the village, and then you find out kind of like, uh, the mother dies of plague um, in a very, like, yeah. I, I really felt, the first time I watched this movie, I felt I was going through like a really serious black metal phase, and I was like, this is like watching a black metal album. Like, Dude, there's as soon as the soundtrack kicks in, and you're like, God. Okay, both of the scores for these movies are just all-timers, absolutely. Um, The band who created the score, MMMD, I I don't really, I'm not familiar with what else they've done, but this score is just fantastic. It's, like, very sparse, and it's just, like, it it's like beautiful, but it's like full of dread. And yeah, it's very ambient. They're they're an ambient group. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't and remember the the genre exactly. It feels metal adjacent though. Oh, totally. Like and I mean, a lot of like when you get really into black metal, a lot of it is just ambient. Yeah, like, you're just vibing. Yeah, and that's it's like a lot of you know. Sure. I felt like honestly getting into like that sort of music, like, noise and ambient and black metal, mm-hmm. sort of, like, prepared me to watch this movie, because, like, a lot of it is, like, you're just kind of staying with a vibe for a long time for some of this. Like, you're watching something happen for just a really long time. Yeah. And that's, like, there's something to be gained from that. Like, I know a lot of people kind of make fun of, like, especially noise as, like, it's noise, dude. <laughs> like, it's, like... <laughs> It's just somebody screaming or whatever. And it's like, yeah, I do get that. I get that that's a valid, like, that, that's a valid feeling to have. But it's also something where, like, honestly, if you do sit with it, you get something from it. It's it's almost meditative. And yeah. this is not, like, the soundtrack is not, like, screaming. But it's, like, it's, like, it's string. And it's, like, usually super sparse. It's, like, a, I can't remember if it's, like, fourths or whatever. It might be fifths. I didn't fucking pluck it out on a piano, so sue me or whatever. But um, just like it's it's that, and then they take it down um, a whole step for the music nerds in the world. And it's like you kind of sit there and you're like, yeah, dude. I don't know. Like either that appeals yeah. to you, and you're like, I would vibe with that, and I'm gonna rock out to that, or it doesn't. Um, and you can self-select, I guess. Yeah, honestly, I would say if you're wondering whether you should watch this movie, you should listen to the music from it and see if so that good. drives you insane. If you're like, I'm into this and I would fucking love the shit out of this. Well, and it fits with, like, there's so little dialogue. The film is so sparse as far as, like, actual dialogue and script. I can't imagine. I don't know how many pages the script is. It's probably all just, like, notation as far as if you just had the dialogue. Yeah. God, 
would it be like fucking twenty pages or some shit? Like it can't be a lot. Right. Um it's mostly you kind of perceiving things. It's the um the actors having reactions and I've I've only seen this movie twice now, but this is definitely a movie that seeing it a second time for this recording versus the Horn Blood Fire. Um, there's shit that I was like, oh my god, like this is what's happening here. Like the yeah. scene with like um there's there's Albrum and there's um what's her friend? Swinda. Yeah, Swinda. Swinda. Um she there's the scene where when they've befriended each other, or Swinda has uh befriended Albrum, she's in Albrum's house and at this point, which we should definitely talk about, but like Albrun's grand uh, mother's skull is there in the house, and Sfinda becomes disturbed by the she skull. She sees it and is like, "Well, I gotta go." Yeah, she literally <laughs> is like, ah, "I also have children to take care of. Goodbye." And she pieces out. And when I saw that at first, I was like, "Yeah, that skull's freaky as fuck. I get it." Like, if you're like, "I'm not really vibing with the skull right now. I need to leave." Like, we would all understand that. But when I saw it a second time, like kind of understanding this character's intentions, which like. Are definitely nefarious um this is a re- she's a really interesting character really fucked up like very conservative religious vibes you know i think that that scene is more her understanding that like her intentions are seen by a ghost essentially right like by a spirit and that feeling of not like not remorse because remorse would imply wanting to change but guilt Right? Like, seeing that you are seen and that you are known and that what you're doing yeah, is Yeah, it's a superstitious reaction. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. She um, sees it and is like, I don't I don't need to be here for this. I don't need to be here because you understand that I'm fucked up mm-hmm. and I'm about to do something fucking wrong. And she needs to leave. And, like, that shit for me, and then we right, never right, see because her it again is like, in the house. I, I wondered about this before, like, on, on seeing it, because, yeah, it's mm-hmm. obvious that she sees it and that's what causes her to leave, but it's right. like, but I also don't believe that it, this is what caused what she does later. I feel like she no. she starts out with that intention. I think that the, I mean, we should we should talk. I feel like I jumped into it, and like we need to talk about the, the mom, the priest, and the skull, right? But but there, just understand that there's gravitas, and there's like there's a soul that lives in that skull, <laughs> and like, and and Sfinda knows it and is disturbed by that because that's that soul is reading her basically. Right. But yeah, the the scene with the ossuary where they're in the fucking bone temple. Yeah, so she goes to she's she's informed by Swinda that mm-hmm. the priest wants to see her, and so she goes there to yeah to where, which is always scary, even yeah, as someone yeah. who is pious who Don't like that. Albrun is not pious, so can you imagine someone telling you, "Hey, the priest wants to see you," and you're someone who lives alone in the mountains right. and no one fucks with except to say, "Hey, you're fucked up and probably a witch." And I mean, the priest who rode up. And like the saw principal her, was the like bro. ridden mother and decided she's too far gone. We <laughs> yeah. can't do anything for her. We're gonna leave. Yes. Yeah. She was. This person wants to see me. Great. So this person who I don't like, but also that probably is gonna like, I don't know, curse me to like hell or some shit. Yeah. Which is kind of what he does. Um, <laughs> yeah. And that, it's something that I noticed on this viewing. She like, yeah, she walks into the ossuary where there's bones, there's skulls mm-hmm. of. Presumably villagers, right? Like the villagers that mm-hmm. are you know stacked up together, right. like great visual reference it's for lovely. that. It's lovely. It's beautiful. Um, and you know she t- she speaks with him, and he kind of says, "Yeah, when I 
something else that I kind of noticed for the first mm-hmm. time, I guess, is when I came to serve this community, mm-hmm. which, like, he's a missionary. He's not... He's traveled. He's not from that right. village. He's, you know, talking about saving the souls and that sacrilege has to be purged. And then he gives her her mother's skull, which is painted, which none of the other skulls are. No. And so basically, like, he's giving her the skull and being like, you are marked like your mother was. Now go away. You're going to need to be purged. I. It's such a weird scene. And we talked about this for, in in Amber's podcast, which was like a big... For me, this is still the scene that, like, is what the all the rest of the movie hinges on for me is like him ta- like you can read it as you know i don't know he's a priest and he's doing his thing and he's doing what he has to do but for me like i read it as like him telling her like hey you play a part and the part is that you're the other and we're gonna fuck you up and the fact that he is not from that village like that yeah. he's kind of seen as another. an outside observer that he's like yeah you're the one and it's like, yeah, he's not inviting her in. He's not saying, no. I hope you come to church. Like, No, no, no. He's He gives her the skull and says, like, go on your way. I'm letting you know what's going to happen. And this is this is the part you play. Like, he's handing her the rap, the rap sheet, basically. And you know what? Read the call sheet and figure out who you are. Yeah, dude. Um, this is the role that you play. And and it's really chilling. It's like, it's a really chilling, especially as someone who, like, grew up in a religious home and, like, you know, a really conservative evangelical, like, kind of, like, environment. It's very much that, right? Like, if you have ever been, anyone on the outskirts, like, you totally understand that everyone's kind of playing the role, and you understand that more if you're on the outside and you're not fitting in. And I think that's what that is. It's two, it's one outsider talking to another, and it's like, yes, this is your, this is it. This is what you got. And, yeah, he kind of understands things as, like, yeah, as an outsider, like, yeah. Mm, yeah it's not up to him it's not up to to her either he's not um, facilitating it no he's just like the assistant director right (laughs) he's handing out the call sheets and that's the one that she has yes um and so yeah it feels like and especially like you know kind of watching where like yeah swinda sees the skull and she leaves in a hurry and it is like yeah i totally see that you know that interpretation that she sees the skull and she's like it sees me. And, and yeah. I mean, because yeah, like you have to assume that her intentions are there from the very beginning. It's like because a medieval like, fairy a little bit in my, in my mind. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah, totally. Alburn is, like, is Carrie. This is totally a Carrie situation. Like, and Carrie is one of the many characters in horror that like, is just someone. We even have the period thing. The period true. Thing very happens. true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Someone who just like, can't live in the world. Like just doesn't belong. And, and you know that from the beginning. She's faded for something not happy. Right. Um, you're not going to be happy at the end of this Especially movie. even, like, the mother kind of stuff. Yeah, definitely. Some, yeah, there's some fucked up stuff. Definitely some parallels. I mean, yeah, that's true. I didn't even think about that shit. Yeah, the mom's really fucked up in this one, so... And same with Carrie. And the mother, like, cares about her, but also, like, you have to wonder how someone just lives on their own for years and years and, like... Without only, losing it? Yeah. Well, and, and only she has loses their it. Kid. Yeah, and I mean, she's also dying. She literally has a black plague, so like that's that's her issue basically. Yeah. But yeah, it causes her to like lose her mind, and I mean, none of this movie ostensibly is about like Hagazusa means witch, and ostensibly, yeah, it is like the classic like witch lives alone in the woods, the whole like 
taboo of like eating the baby like that's a classic witch thing yeah and actually um lucas feigelfeld basically said that he wanted to just like interpret how someone gets to yes. that point right he wanted to get into that and then he kind of realized after doing like a little digging he was like oh yeah i wanted to kind of be about like i don't know how like weird that shit is with femininity back in the day and like how that would kind of drive someone to this weird psychosis and I was like, oh, shit, okay, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's... and that is. And it's, I mean, so you see that's her it. kind of have the trauma of her mother's sickness and death. And you see her, like, yeah. basically be told by the only authority around that she's marked and will be purged. And, well, and she's, the the funny thing is that, like, I, I, the, the thing where he hands her the skull for me feels like an inciting incident, but also she is fine she is fine and like the goats she has goats she's a go herder you know she uses them to get income i'm sure to get like some sort of food and situation like that um and it it kind of represents like her freedom and then when like there's a point in the film where like that's not there anymore right she's, and that's she has when... everything taken away from her yeah and that's it's it's represented after like a really not a graphic, not at all graphic, but but psychologically brutal rape scene. It's still, yeah, a very hard. And I mean, we'll talk about because Under the Skin also has a rape scene. Yes, which is one of the many parallels that it has. Absolutely. Um. Yeah. So it has this like this psychologically devastating rape scene. Um. But the thing is, which I feel like is so. I want to say like kind of realistic for rape, right? Where it's like. It's not the act of the rape that's devastating. I mean, it is, but also everything else, right? Like, right. what comes after that? Like, you've changed my trajectory um, because you're not seeing me as a person. And so, like, for her, for Alburn, what that means is, like, oh, my God, what is going to be waiting for me when I go home? What were they taking me away from? Right. And so, in your mind and in her mind, um, the first thing you go to is the fact that she has a daughter, a baby that she leaves in the crib. And so you're like, fuck, is the baby okay? Which is another fucking parallel that we'll talk about with Under the Skin, is baby shit. But, um, she goes, baby's fine. But it's quiet. It's too quiet. And you're like, ah, fuck. And her goats have been fucking killed. They've all been killed. And at that point, that's when she loses it because that's her freedom. Right. Um, and it's, it's super attached to her because we've seen the scene beforehand where she's, like, milking the goat. And it's really... It's hot and heavy. Sensual experience. She's kind her. of like getting it on. Not she's not listen. She's not fucking the goat. But she's kind of is where she's communing goat. in a feminine way with the goat. But she's also... and also there's some gay shit in this, which I will say. Yes. There's some proxy gay shit in this, which one of the scenes is definitely her milking the goat and being kind of turned on. Well, and the other one is the rape scene. Yes, and the other one is the rape scene because um, Swinda has like befriended her. Obviously, you know, in hindsight, but also if you're the viewer, like, probably, like, you're wondering with, like, bad intentions. Yes, right. And, um, yeah, the rape scene itself is, like, this proxy sex moment where, like, mm -hmm. she is, for one thing, like, she's saying, like, kind of contradictory things. Like, she says, like, 
it's disgusting how you stink. But she's like so close to her and like literally like holding her and the way she says it is really hot. It's really sexually hot way. Yeah, and like it's it feels like a proxy rape. Yes, like where like it's something that like she gets to get away with doing this thing that's not accepted. Yeah. And having well, this desire that's it. not accepted. Right, mm-hmm. because, like, this is something she's enacting on someone who's an outsider and it's a man doing it. And it's after she's had a scene with just her and Elbron where they're looking at the beauty of the mountains, this and that, and she says the thing about, like, well, you know, we don't have to live in fear here on the mountains. And Elbron's like, what are you talking about, live in fear? Because obviously, like, already the definition of these two women of what is fear would be completely different. Like, Elbron is like, I live alone, I'm completely isolated. Fear for me is normal. What do you mean as someone who has, like, a husband, kids right. living in the village? And then she starts talking about, you know, outsiders, basically. And she mentions Jews, specifically. Um, and it <sighs> She becomes... says the Jews and the heathens. It is so... Because they'll come and rape you in the middle of the night. Yes. And, and it's... like, it's... Dude, this is, like, on first viewing this scene, like, I'm just kind of vibing. And yeah. then, like, obviously something's fucked up going to happen at some point, but I'm just waiting for it. Yeah. And she says this, and it, like, this is, like, the fear moment so of, scary. like, the whole movie, where it starts being, like, oh, here it is. That's okay. when the nightmare happens. It's yeah. literally with this scene and this conversation, because, because it's scary in general, I think, but as someone who, like, again, grew up evangelical... This is what people start saying to you when they right? think that you're but safe to say I, it I to. once, like, had a... I, I knew someone who, like, was telling me a story about how she was on a mission in oh, the no. Middle East. Never, and they were never praying. And, like, something about, like, the clouds parted and the sun came out. And she thought it was, like, a sign from God. And she said, like... And you know, like, Islam is so dark and evil. No, no, no. And I was like, oh, do I know that? Oh. Do I? <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's, I often, like, will call it, like, passing, passing for Christian. Because, because people will start saying because shit to People you. say stuff like that to you, and you're like, what do I like, do no, now? No, 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 no. Oh, no. Oh, no. But, like, you know, like, growing up in that, like, that's how people were, right? And, like, that's kind of, like, the performative, like, that's what you said, and that's what, like, you had to believe. Um, and, anyways, like, so, so hearing that, like, this movie, more than, like, so many other things that try to talk about religious trauma and horror, most things fall flat for me on that. Because I had, like, a really fucked up weird upbringing with that. Like, but this one hits. Like, this medieval yeah, shit. totally. Well, because, like, that's how it... Yeah. To some degree, like, that's, like, the essence of it, is to, like, be alone with someone who's, like... And you that's what I a relationship think. with. Yeah. And, and you it, think you can trust. And they say, like, well, this is common, accepted knowledge right and you're like yeah and you're like no "No." but also like when you're young like alvin like has not had any outside influence right like she's had her mom she knows that's probably wrong right and also the thing that's scary for for that character is that well you're not sure if svinda means her right because she says (laughs) you'll have a baby that way and she's talking to, to her like oh like you had a baby that way right which and, we don't know how and we don't know, had the baby. Right. We have no idea. On purpose, I think. Oh, totally. But but that's obviously what she has inferred. And, you know, if anyone anyone who's grown up in a religious home knows, has spoken about with other people in the gossip circle. <laughs> so, yes. like, and it's like, obviously, like at this point, she's laying her cards on the table because what she's going to do is yeah. already in motion. 
she already knows that this that this shit she's gonna do is is gonna happen i mean and so so yeah they meet the 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 guy at the watering hole and just um sfinda like whispers in his ear in a way that's also very like just it says like that's her it's oh because it's very like i mean i was never this person but like it's it's weird how uncanny this hits for someone growing up in an evangelical Christian household. Like, oh, totally. The weird whispering Yeah, shit. The, and the, like, 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 I don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. They're talking about me for some reason. And there's something, like, inevitable about the whole thing, you know? What's she gonna do? Go back home? You can't well, do anything. just by herself and her baby's there also? Exactly. And so, right. And so, but the great, th- I mean, the great thing about this moment where we meet this this other person who is going to be like the the person who's raping her but also you're right is like a proxy for Svinda to kind of do it um it's the watering hole for the town which right. feels like it's almost uh the inciting the the incident that lets us know lets us know but i think also lets Albron know like where they get their water from right which is how she gets her revenge <laughs> right uh and everything about this movie is all rooted there's a quote that that the the director says where he talks about he talks about reality he says i'm more interested in a real fantastical approach like a dream uh that to us is just as real in our perception as it is outside there's a reality to the surrealism and subconscious feeling that we have so everything in this film is is rooted in realism everything could have ostensibly happened right but it's really rich for like what did happen this person's a witch is there something supernatural happening and like the scene where yeah this is where like first watching it i was like okay now she's gonna do witch she's gonna do some sort of spell and she doesn't but she kind of does she kind of does because like at this point she goes back to the watering hole because she sees a rat in her house she kills the rat she puts it upstream which is classic you know like you know how to poison a water source just polluting yeah Exactly. And and so she does, and then she pisses on it, but she gets a bloody nose while she's doing it. Right, which feels powerful. A little bit supernatural, right? Like, there's a spell happening here. But it's ambiguous. Well, and it's like, anyone who, like, I don't, I'm not, myself, I do not know anything about, like, Wiccan shit. Except that I know that it's, like, rooted in, like, the natural world. So nothing is gonna be something like Willow on on fucking Buffy the Vampire Slayer. You're gonna be, like, shooting lightning bolts out of your Right, exactly. Or whatever. It's all stuff that's, like, really rooted in, like, setting your intentions and, um, and, and getting things from the natural world. And that's what Alvin's doing. Right. And it works. It fucking works, but at what cost? Because that sets her down, like, a really dark Well, path. and that's the thing. She kind of sees that there's, you know, the people in the village are dying, including... I think Swinda. It's I think hard we to see tell. her, but it's hard to tell. We see a body that kind of looks like her. Yeah, exactly. But also a lot of people look like Swinda. It's hard to tell. Yeah. So, you know, but she kills the people in the village, which are really just the people who did that. So and she kind of kills all of them. She kills a lot of them. It's brutal. They've been drinking rat piss water, so. And like, her little, like, she has this little smile when she sees the bodies go by her, right? Like, she goes to watch them burn. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so fucked She's up. She's real excited about it. It's so. so fucked up and amazing. Yeah. And honestly, what I was kind of thinking about this time, because, like, now she goes into the forest and she eats a mushroom. 
And that ends up kind of, like, being the impetus for the rest of the story. And, like, what I was wondering about this time is, like, why does she do it? Does she think that... Does she know that this is, like, hallucinogenic and she's, like, trying to have, like... She's trying to have a time of some sort? Or, like... Or does she think it's poisonous and she's trying to die? Well, because it is significantly... Because my thing was, like, when I first watched this, I was really concerned. Because I'm like, well, she lost her source of, like, income... And freedom. Like, she lost her mechanism of being... And honestly, presumably her seeing the bodies, this is, like, a while later. Probably at least a month for, like, someone to sicken and die from polluted water. Because, like, with the goats, like, she has income. She has, you know, what she could probably trade for food and this and that. And so, like, of course, it makes sense in retrospect that they don't go for the baby. They go for the thing that actually makes her free. um, Which makes her unfeminine. Right? Like, she mm-hmm. doesn't have a husband. She doesn't live in the village. This and that. So she can live her own life. And, like, before um, before she's raped, before this and that, uh, we see her uh, masturbate more than once. And she's just able to kind of live her life right. in this way that's free of any other agent in it. Um, and, again, like, purposely don't, don't know where she got her child from. Um, so she's she's just doing her own thing. She doesn't need someone else to get off on. But when they take away her livelihood and her freedom, that's when she gets fucked up. And that's when she has to go on this path. And I thought when I first saw it, like, oh, well, maybe she's, she's got to be hungry. She's got to be this and that. She doesn't have money. Right. Like who knows what she's been doing in the interim. But she eats one mushroom. She's one mushroom. That's not someone who's hungry. No. That's like an intention and why are you eating one mushroom? Yeah, and I don't know. I don't know if it's to to go crazy. The mushrooms are nasty looking, by the yeah, way. Yeah, they also have maggots They have in maggots them. in them. Which is already a sign that anyone would know that something... What are you doing here? This is like a, a little bit of a taboo, which is a precursor to a bigger taboo that she then breaks. But you're eating something that has maggots in it. What are you doing? Right. And I don't know. I don't know because because it's the whole thing of the filmmaker talking about like the surrealism versus versus what's happening in reality. And once and it's once she knows that she's fulfilled her revenge, which kind of right. does feel like she's wrapped everything up. It's it's like a, I mean to me like the whole that whole trajectory. It feels like she's setting herself on the trajectory on purpose, but also like what it comes with what comes later, which is her walking into the bog and drowning her child right and right and it's like which is not intentional like you kind of see like what her thought process is where she's tripping and like she's, you know, high. she's kind of yeah she's like not really understanding like what's happening she's she like hears this sound and looks down and is like ew well and that's what like i was thinking about that a lot this time where i was like it's not maybe intentional when she's high but is the choice but it seems like she is trying to snuff it all out. Like, she, yeah, I think she might be trying to to kill them both because, like, where are they going to go from here? Or exactly, and like, kind of the idea of like, you know what? I mean, this wasn't ever an issue until the fat, like, the concept of lineage was like physically introduced to her house when she had the skull. Like the idea of like, this is how my mom lived, and it didn't end well for my mom, so it can't end well for me. And it's physically there, right? It's a skull that stares at her day in and day out. And so her trying to end it is, like, one of those, like, classic fucking 
you know, women's suicide moves in literature or whatever that yeah. people like to get mad at. It's her kind of doing it, but it's her also ending not just her own like story in it, but also the future one too. Right. And I First. mean, <laughs> right. And, and, and it, it's very like convoluted, right? Because yeah. she just goes back to, she just goes back to the hut after this and then like gradually discovers that she's done this and is like devastated. It's so weird because like the first time I read it is like her not knowing at all. And the second time I was like, I, I feel like she knew, but it's still devastating. No matter what you know, it's still like the the grief is there, but I think it, like, it's the hard reality to of, like, determine like what exactly her motives are. It's, and yeah, what, like it's I impossible. Mean. But it could it. I I like thinking of it as like, yeah. Who knows what she knew when she was high versus when she was sober and took the mushroom? But like, and I mean, anything. I think anybody who's like done hallucinogens probably knows like it doesn't make you not remember things right. necessarily it's not gonna black but you your out. thought process is very different yeah um well and i think about with her doing what she did with her kid because she doesn't just she's clearly still under the influence of that when she opens up like the the okay. fabric and I wonder, sees the dead child i wonder if she eats the mushroom thinking she's just gonna die <laughs> in the forest but then she wakes up and is like oh i'm tripping Shit. and then whatever unfolds just happens from there i mean maybe i don't know i, I mean it's a pretty cruel death to like give your child who's now uh -huh. just gonna starve to death probably i i kind of i guess i've i've viewed it at least the second time i don't remember the first time but i i viewed it the second time as like her releasing her, um, I guess, like, inner psyche to do what it needs to do. So it was kind of a thing where I was that like, you know sense. what? Do your shit. And, and probably there's some knowledge of, like, your shit probably involves drowning the infant that I'm carrying around. And do it. Because I can't. Fucking sober, I can't do that shit. But also, I know what needs to be done, so this is why I'm taking the mushroom. I guess that's kind of what I thought. It's dark. That's dark. <laughs> it is. It's hard. You can't know because no, you, you don't know. know what she thinks the mushroom's gonna do. Well, that's yeah, right. That's the other thing. But yeah, it's such an interesting kind of kind of move because it goes through. I don't. know, You just don't see that happen a lot. You don't see a lot of shit happen with with kids. People often use that, even in horror, they use it as sort of a like a gotcha or like just a manipulative thing where you're like, oh, there's a child involved, so you're gonna be stressed about the child. Yeah, um, though, I mean, I feel like more and more movies are just pulling the trigger on that shit. Sometimes. This like how, this is like funny games rules or whatever. Well, not, this, not that this movie has anything to do with funny games. Sometimes it happens, but I don't know if it has anything to do with like a trajectory of film. Like, I feel like there was, a, there was one movie, and I can't remember the name of it, so it's not gonna, but it was like a movie from the 80s that had a, it has like an infant drowned in a beer barrel. It's incredible. It's a horror movie and it's amazing. There's that shit. There's this. It happens sometimes, but I think it continues to be something that's really. It's a taboo. I mean, it's yeah, a taboo. It's like, if you've like established anything as a rule in movies, even in then, art, like, increasingly people want to break the rule. Yeah, but even like, I don't know, like even Black Phone like kind of sidesteps it a little uh, bit. Like, yeah, people don't want to deal it's with that. It's a mainstream movie. Yeah. 
And so, yeah, this one is addressing, like, I mean, addressing, like, the same thing as, like, happens in The Witch or whatever, like, you know, just yeah, generally, like, stories that are talking about people who are labeled as witches, mm-hmm. that they eat babies. That's what, that's it. And I mean, yeah, she's, like, whatever her intentions before, she's horrified to discover that she killed her baby. She does not like that she did it. Yeah. That's the thing. And that's the thing where people always, like, when this movie came out, they're like, it's the German, the witch, right? It's so, for me, it's so different. It, no, not at all. It's not the same thing at all. For one, like, yeah, no, but everyone. That's a stupid thing to say for one thing because just American and German but history is not do the same. Shit. They all want to do it. But I think they could work together in discussion, but I think that, like, the gleeful kind of you go girl, girl boss shit that happens <laughs> at the end of the witch. I love the witch, but, like, that's the but vibe the, there. Is the devil. But, like, this one is, like, there's no girl boss shit. Like, there's, this is, like, a self-destruct button that we No, pressed. all she really, all she has to do at this point is to die. That's there's it. There's nothing else. And, I yeah. mean, she can't just leave her baby. Like, there's nothing to do. And yeah. so, I mean, she's just, in a moment of fucking psychosis is when the baby eating happens. Oh, my God. And it's so nasty, dude. It is so... You, man. And it's not even... It's not even gory or anything, but like psychologically, as someone who's seen so much shit and nothing bugs me anymore, it's gross. It is nasty. Yeah. (laughs) It's nasty as shit. Ugh. Ooh, the bubbling stew and then just the chew and then the ugh. It's a lot. And then the vomiting and screaming. The scream is so the this actress. And she hasn't she's honestly been very quiet for the whole movie. She's so quiet and every She's still acted the shit out of everything before this, but it's all been just um, silent and in her face. Mm -hmm. And then this, like, you hear her scream, and you're like, this feels otherworldly. And I think they did add something to it. Like, I think they literally did alter the sound. But also it's her scream. And, like, her face is just, she acts the shit out of everything. Like, she's a great actor. Um, I love, it feels like she's a different person sometimes. I feel like she literally changes her face sometimes in this movie. Which is uncanny. It's freaky to me, her face. And I love her. So anyways, I don't know. She's great. Yeah. And she, I mean, like this is, I was trying to find, because everything else in the movie has a rational explanation for the most part, like a practical, realistic explanation. Yeah. I was really, the last time we talked about this, I was like, well, maybe the end has an explanation that she was like kind of writhing around by the fire. I remember us talking about that. But honestly, no, watching it now... No, because it, not she really. climbs a whole fucking mountain. No, there's not an explanation. So that's the one supernatural moment. Then um, both of these movies, um, I'm pleased to announce, are like ending explained movies. <laughs> <laughs> like if you Google ending them, explained. there are many like ending explained articles, so you can seek those out if you really want the ending explained. But yeah, she. Uh, but you can't explain. You can't explain ending is, it. It's unexplainable, which is very exciting. You can't explain that. Um, no. Yeah, she um, she becomes, like, a part of the landscape, which I love. Um, right. Like, it, the camera pulls back, and I, I want to say right now, um, I don't know if I mentioned this before, but um, something I think important to this is that um, Lucas Feigelfeld also worked really closely with his cinematographer, right. um, who's named Marielle Bacchero, I think. Bacchero? Like, the, if you watch this, like, it'll become evident because, like, just the cinematography is insane. Mm-hmm. This is a movie with a very low budget, and it doesn't look like it. It looks 
wild. Like, just... And it was so low budget that they had to crowdfund to do post-production. Yes. They literally ran out of money. And thank God for people that give a shit, because it would not have happened without that. Yeah, if you've crowdfunded this movie, God fucking bless you. Oh my God. We love you. Yeah, so the camera pulls back and shows her, like, blending into the landscape. You can't really tell where she is anymore until she bursts into flames. Well, and she's become blind. There's yes. a film over her eyes, and then she finally gets to... It's so funny, because, like, she bursts into flames, and it's such... It's it's a stark, which we'll talk about. It is, it's just a stark contrast and a gray foil for under the skin. But, like, she's at rest. Like, she finally gets to rest. She, she lies down right. and, like, sort of surrender and just, like... But then, yeah, she bursts into flames. Like, it's just... It's insane. But, like, she has that film over her eyes where she can't see. Like, something is happening there. Like, oh, it's fucking going on. And who knows? Maybe it's the mushroom. I don't know. I don't know, but she it hasn't does, had like, it before. The fucking trip wears off, and then it comes back. I don't know. Maybe it is poison. It's just really slow acting. <laughs> it's a poison that allows you to burst into flames. Yes, it's poison that causes you to immolate. <laughs> we found the secret for uh, human spontaneous human combustion. It's people being eaten mushrooms. Yeah. So, yeah, it's like, yeah, and she ends the cycle... Like, there will be no new outcast. And there will and be no new village in her area, probably. For at least no, honestly. Like, I mean, this is like, the people have been dying. That's the way to do it, let me tell you. Like, if you're going to have to go out like that you as take an outcast, everybody out. you better fucking take them all. Yeah? Take them all with you. <laughs> yeah. Um, props to her for fucking nuking the village with a, with a dead rat. You love to see it. <laughs> Who would win? <laughs> Yeah, so I love this movie. I feel like it's, um, this is, like, something where, embarrassingly, like, the movie, and I don't know if it's from, like, the book, because I haven't read the book, um, but the movie Gerald's Game, like, kind of encapsulate this, this, or, like, it does, like, in a line or whatever, where, like, you're, you're dealing with this woman who is, like, handcuffed to a bed on her own with the door open, and, um... At one point, there's a line that's like, a woman alone is like an open door. And I was like, fuck. This is like why this is so scary. That's why this movie is so (laughs) scary. Is because like, she is all alone. And like, you know that she's fucking like, helpless and fucking hopeless. Like, whatever walks in this door is gonna get her. Yeah, she's just gonna be right there. Uh huh. And um, both these movies have like that fear in my mind. Like, that that's like, that is the fear that like when you're a woman and you're alone there's like an endless possibility of horrors that can happen yeah dude i mean i think but i think they are but it's also such like it's so different for me than gerald's game because yeah this has nothing to do with it i just look no i'm thinking about it i'm I'm not thinking about it though in that sense too because it's like i just feel like they have been made women by their circumstance i don't know yeah, if they totally. ever, i don't know if either Absolutely. of these characters have decided no and i mean i think the same is true of the character in gerald's game to some extent because yeah. she's been just dependent on her husband her whole life who right. is a violent and shitty man yeah and ultimately when he's gone she's just stuck in this like terrible position well there's something about like with with albron and hagazusa like she's had a kid so, like, she presumably understands some sort of basic thing of, like, you know, whatever, at this point, like, I've had a kid, I've probably fucked a dude, whatever. 
uh, unless you stole the baby, but I think she's fine. But I think, like, she's so completely, like, there's nothing about her that's ever resigned herself to any sort of heteronormative or just, like, concept of, like, femininity at all. Even, no, she doesn't have any connection to it, but it's right. just hers because of the world around her. Right. It's hers because, like, that's that's sort of how she's perceived. And so, I love that. I love that about this one, and I love that about Under the Skin. I mean, Under the Skin's different because it's it's not that... It is how she's perceived, but also she seems to want to claim it in a way that Alburn, like, I don't know if she fully wants to claim it. Like, she just exists no, in that No, we don't really get any... Yeah, we don't know of how Albert thinks about femininity. Right. Or the position of women. She has, like, a sense of self, I think. But right, which is honestly, I... like, just all you need is, like, yeah. a person possessing a female body. Exactly. But with, with uh, the character on the skin, this character, like, I mean, I think the filmmakers talk about it developing from, like, the alien as it to her. Yes. So. Yes. Yeah. And so we can get into Under the Skin now. Under the Skin, written by Jonathan Glazer and Walter Campbell, and directed by Jonathan Glazer, a Jonathan Glazer film. It's about a lone, otherworldly creature, disguised as a beautiful woman, who prowls the streets of Scotland, preying on men and slowly accumulating the experience of humanity. When was the last time you touched someone? This is a movie about a, a, a creature, mm-hmm. like an something, an it, that mm-hmm. kind of becomes a she and a woman. And like, I mean, like, I don't even know, like, you could watch this movie without really seeing that as a development, I think. Uh-huh. Because it's just about, I mean, it's Scarlett Johansson. Weirdly, in the only role I've ever really liked her in. Um, <laughs> I don't mean to disparage the woman, because honestly, like, the the fact that she did this movie makes me have so much respect for her. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. For I, sure. I don't think I've ever seen her be a good actor in anything. <laughs> and, like, really, this works for her, because I think she has, like, kind of a flat, stiff affect, and this mm. works for that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, she, and, like, you know, when she's, like, personable and friendly with people in this it's like obviously in a way that's like kind of weirdly rehearsed and trained which fits yeah fits yeah so totally well. yeah so this is about you know she's rolling around something i was talking about in a in a different episode that you should go listen to but i won't say what it is you have to figure <laughs> out what it is um that i love in a sci-fi movie where it shows you something that you don't know what's going on and you'll figure out what it is and so like in this you kind of see like just shapes mm-hmm. and like you hear someone pronouncing like syllables and vowels um mm-hmm. and like who knows what the fuck it is but it's like yeah she's she's practicing she's practicing being a person which they that is they used 
tape from from Scarlett Johansson practicing a British accent. Wow. And they use that. Yeah. So that's why it feels very authentic. British accent. This, she sounds good. This whole movie is like, I'm such a found footage slut. And like, this movie this is, is technically found a found footage movie. Yeah. And like, that's like the work you put in for that. And like the, the, the authenticity that goes into that, like, that shit is here for real. Like, Absolutely. That shit's and right this there. is like, I think both of these movies are about kind of like being experimental in the experience of womanhood. Yeah. Um, and so, like, this movie is, like, more clearly experimental in its filmmaking than yeah. Hagasusa. But also, I do think Hagasusa was experimental in just the fact that, like, first of all, that's um, Lucas Feigelfeld's first movie. Which um, is wild. Which is fucking wild. And the way he, like, I mean, if you're interested, like, look up interviews with him and, like, hear him talk about how they how they made this movie. Because, like, yeah, like, just the way, like, the way he figures it out feels kind of like, I don't know like in keeping mm-hmm. with the way that the story plays out. But this one is like deeply experimental in the way that they shot it. Where like they rigged cameras up in a van Shit, um wild. with like a film crew inside and basically had Scarlett Johansson with a with dark hair and a British accent. Yep. You know, kind of like winging a prayer shit. Like riding around Edinburgh, um, talking to men. Picking up dudes. Yeah, just kind of picking up dudes and hoping that everyone would kind of be like, that can't be Scarlett Johansson, can it? Well, and This they, is a really hot woman who looks like <laughs> Scarlett Johansson. They had, um, they had earpieces. I mean, so obviously not the randos that she interacted with had earpieces, but she did and he was in the back of the van and he would interact with her and particularly when so when there was a scripted scene he would interact with her but he'd also separately interact with the person that was an actor um, and tell them the vibes or the things he'd want to tease out. So it's very like ad lib. It's like, it's insane. It's yeah. just such an unconventional fucking way of doing it. Dude. Yeah. And it works so well. Yeah. I mean, partially because, um, like this movie, if you haven't already, will make you fall in love with the people of Scotland. Like it's just it's such a so, testament uh... to what, like, a a chill and sweet culture. I love it so is. much. I'm I wonder how this movie would have gone in any other fucking country. Scotland is so beautiful. And yeah, you have to wonder because yeah. yeah, she's pulling up to people, kind of just being like, "What's up? What's your deal? Do you need a ride?" Like very <laughs> weird shit. And it's also it's funny, but it's like you know when it's a hot woman asking, it feels they'll mostly it's a it. little different. Although there's, it's funny to see because no, no one guy acts the same. There are people who are very apprehensive. Um, there are mm. people who are ready to go with it. And, and again, like a lot of things you're seeing in this, there are scripted people. Of course there are actors There's stuff that's actually happening, but um, a lot of stuff is moments that they actually got from real people. And then they got them to sign releases afterwards. Right. So anything that doesn't end essentially with, um, I mean, she's kind of, it's funny because she's an alien, but she's also kind of like a succubus character. Yeah. Um, where she takes them back and something happens to them and we're not really clear the motives as to why ever. Um, that's usually, that's an actor. But anyone else that adds flavor, like that's that's a random person from fucking Glasgow um, that she just picked up. And I mean, it's, it's the filmmaker talked about, like Glazer talked about, how he then had to like the challenge of like that's real that's authentic 
I have to get my actors to match that. Right. They have to be real and authentic. And for the most part, he used actors that didn't have a ton of, like, mainstream experience. Except fucking Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, except for Scarlett Johansson, one of the biggest stars in the U.S. Like, holy shit. And one of the hottest women on Earth, probably. Like, he taught- apparently there were several- there were several dudes that did call- that did check- like, like, fucking call it. Where they're like, oh my god, are you a movie star or something? Like, they said that shit in their- I mean, it wasn't used in the film. Yeah. Like to see the behind like, the scenes. Like she's so beautiful. Like you yes! have to be like this is this is something weird is happening. Yeah, she's so beautiful. She- <laughs> something is different, right? So like the but I love that he kind of rose to the challenge of getting someone like Scarlett Johansson and saying, you know what, we're gonna we're gonna figure this out and we're gonna make it so that I mean because it's juxtaposed. Like if you were like walking around the streets of Bakersfield and fucking like you know, Christian Bale comes up to you, are you going to fucking think it's Christian Bale? Probably, probably not. not. I'm probably going to think this is a hot man that looks like Christian Bale. Right. Or even fucking Scarlett Johansson. I'm right. Like, That's probably not. Yeah. Why the fuck would Scarlett Johansson be here? So, so because of the fact that it was so wildly out of place, for the most part, people didn't register it. Yeah, amazingly. Mm-hmm. And I mean, she does have an English accent also, which she does do great at. She does okay. Yeah, she does okay. Yeah. It works. I mean, plus they're Scottish, so what do they know? Yeah. They're Scottish. <laughs> yeah, some of it's a, some of them like. have an incredibly heavy brogue, and I'm like, oh, what the fuck they say? All right. Yeah, this is. Um, I don't know. We're going I, off the vibes. I've never watched this movie without subtitles, and I don't <laughs> intend to. I have now. I can say that I have. It was <laughs> homework. It was hard. It's hard. <laughs> so yeah, she. Um, I'm. A couple things that I love about this movie. The first one is the costuming, mm-hmm. um, which is not like fancy at no. all. It's just that like what she's wearing is like weirdly symbolic in such a way. <laughs> but like you see her, one of the first scenes is her first of all stripping the clothes off of a dead body. Yeah. Um, that um her I guess like counterpart that's like just the other creature that's there. The cleaner. We just the call motorcycle the cleaner. man. We don't know who he is. Um, the motorcycle man who kind of stands like an action figure. And I mm-hmm. guess they did cast him because he's an expert motorcycle motorcyclist. Right. He gives off that vibe. He was the man who can ride a motorcycle really good. Yep. And mm-hmm. so um, he fetches this body from the side of the road and she takes the clothes off of it. Like, I guess that's the only purpose. And you kind of see, like, this, this woman looks like her it kind of looks like her kind of looks like her and like you see where like she looks at this woman and and, like she sheds a tear which is like so who knows if she's completely dead in this moment or what but like it is such a strange like beginning connection and yeah there's a lot of moments in this movie of just strangeness Mm -hmm. um that i love but so she starts out wearing these clothes, but then she goes to like a mall and picks out clothes for herself and like makeup for herself. Mm-hmm. And like it's just I don't know this this weird induction to womanhood. Mm-hmm. Um, and she wears like there's like layers to her outfit where she's got jeans and high heeled boots and she has this like furry like animal coat. Like, Dude, I love her that predator coat. jacket. I fucking love I that. I love her coat. predator jacket. And beneath that, she has like. A hot pink top under which she has a camisole, like a like a very like a lighter pink, soft looking camisole, and then underneath that like black kind of like seductive underwear. 
And, like, you see her kind of shed her layers a few times, a few times in different circumstances. And it's really interesting. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, and... no, that's a whole character thing. She doesn't always... There's one time where she sheds them completely. Yes. And every other time she just strips to, like, the undies. Yes. Or, like, you know, there's a time where she, like... Most of the time she's, like, in partial undress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, and this is also, if I recall correctly, this is the first movie ScarJo ever got completely naked for. Okay. That seems which right to me. It gives me so much respect for her. Great job. Well, and she... It's also, like... She was so involved with this movie from its conception. Which... Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know about conception, but, Well, like, they, they consider different actresses, but, like, she stayed with this shit for yeah. years. While it was in, like, kind of production hell. Well, and Glazer did this... Which I love that he, I love this vibe for him. Like, I love this as a filmmaker where he, I don't know, the the vibe that I that I read into this is, like, being transparent and just, like, this is my thing. Anyone want to vibe with this? Because he did this with the um, the film composers as well. Mm-hmm. Which, did... that's the other thing that I want to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Michael the Levi. The, they do fucking this great This is work. one of my very favorite yeah, film scores ever, ever. It's so fucking good. And like, I mean, we're talking about two of my favorite right now, but yeah. this one is like, I literally just listen to this in my daily life. Well, and Mondo did a release of it, I think, because like it's one that people recognize as very, very good. And the uh, they so Glazer involved the composer. Was it the composer that they involved? Maybe I'm wrong. You know what? I think it's the VFX artist that they involved. Hmm. Um, way early in the conception, like fucking, I want to say like 2005 when this movie came out, 2013. Is that? Am I right in that? I'm looking at your notes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Tom Debenham. So VF- yes, yeah, the VF- the VFX artist. So basically, like, uh, Glazer, which was like this movie has crazy effects, and like in a way that yes. like I guess they like built sets for it, but then they also use CG for some of it. Like, yes. there's definitely stuff that, that you'll see in this that's like, how the fuck did they do this? Or even the, you know, the ending, obviously, where they're doing the juxtaposition of of the alien, the reveal. And and it's like, it's great. And and Glazer, I think, mentioned, or one of the people involved in the filming mentioned, like, no one talks about the effects for this movie, which is kind of, they, they consider it, like, that's good. That means, like, that we did our job. Yeah. But you should be talking to, about the effects for this movie because they're very excellent. They're seamless. You do not feel like it's CGI. It's beautiful. It feels and, real. Like, horrific. Yeah. It feels very like real world, but also just completely alien. Yeah. And this is why, like, honestly, this is why I'm comfortable calling this a horror movie. Like, because mm-hmm. of like how, like, the kind of like strangeness and like violence that yeah. undercuts it's too... almost everything. It's too fucked up to be just sci-fi, which I don't know if that's sci-fi can be fucked up, but there's something else happening here that isn't sci-fi. Yeah. Like you I wouldn't I would hesitate to even call this sci-fi to people who like sci-fi because it's you would not go in like I mean my boyfriend watched this movie like long before we knew each other, like mm-hmm. kind of because he just likes sci-fi shit and I'm like, Oh you fucking hated it, didn't you? He was like, Yeah, I was not having a good time. Yeah, because it's so situated in this one character and the, the what this character yes yes it's about an alien yes the alien comes to earth and does weird shit but it's about this character's internal 
osmosis. Yeah. And not in a happy way. And this is so kind of funny because um, Jonathan Glazer and Lucas Feigelfeld have both kind of, like, not disavowed. Because, like, they, uh, like, not shown any disrespect to right. the, the genres that they're associated with, but have kind of been, like, they kind I of was it, aiming though. away from that. They do eschew it, both of yes. them. Yeah, they're not shooting for, they're not like, I wanted to make a horror movie. There's nothing wrong with saying that, but neither of them were like, I came into this wanting, I mean, I do think that's, like, kind of how art works, though. Like, you're, like, you just I create just, your thing. And you I wanted out where to fits. make this thing and, and yeah, purge these demons in my head. Yeah. And this is what I ended up doing. And sure, yeah, maybe it's horror or maybe it's kind of sci-fi-ish, but really it's just what was in my brain. Like, that's your job to figure it out, right? Like, right. You guys figure that shit out. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I love that. I love, like, just figuring it out and kind of vibing. And I mean, this technically Under the Skin is a novel. It's a book. Um, but it uh, the script went through multiple rewrites that glazer did and the yes. co-writer for it has never read the book that's i guess and he said he only on. read it once and like it was a while before yeah. and like this movie did go through like not production hell necessarily but kind of rewrite hell where yeah I, he talks about um he had to basically he had made a whole script for it and then they rewrote it and he said um that the process for it was like quote a big extravagant rock band turning into pj harvey <laughs> which i totally understand yeah i totally understand though i wouldn't say that this movie is like pj harvey <laughs> if you're thinking about it musically uh, yeah i it's it, it had a whole trajectory that kept being abandoned which which is great because i think what it is now i haven't read the book so i have no idea what the book is about but it's its own unique work. Yeah, I've heard that the book is kind of, like, bitingly satiric, which is funny mm. because this movie isn't really at all. No. No. No, this not. movie is, like, this movie is, like, mostly about, and especially on this rewatch, I, I felt mm. like this movie is, like, about just this, like, creature's slow induction into the human race, and then, like, mm. as they kind of integrate figuring out what it is to be a woman. Yeah. Well, and figuring out, like, it's not, it's so weird. It's such a cool, like, it's not even figuring out what it is to be a woman. It's, like, realizing they are one. Right. And, like, it's weird for, for them. Like, there's that moment where they're finally, like, you know what? I understand. Like, because because this alien has been using the skin of a woman to seduce men for a certain purpose. And then, finally, once she goes rogue, is like, you know what? I want to have sex. That's yes, wants to, to fall in love with a man and have sex. Like this is this is yeah. such a trans narrative. Like, yeah, absolutely. I, can't, I didn't even think about it like the first time around, no. but like for sure it is. Um, yeah, like this is like just something being in the world and like kind of doing its its job. You know, you see it like, mm -hmm. and you see it doing terrible violence, like just fucking horrific violence, and um, nothing that phases. Nothing that phases it. Honestly. No, and in particular, you you watch a scene of it watching like you know just like doing its shit and walking past a baby that's like in peril and that scene is like i think about that scene so much it's, that's like one of the most one of like the me. scenes yeah yeah and that like this baby that's fucking scream crying um it can't you know that this baby's not fully fully registering this but like 
because of whatever's happened, like, both of the parents are dead now. Right, like, a horrific fucking... tragedy has happened and this baby is just stranded and th- in the elements. The alien has not done anything to make this happen, but the alien has not intervened and no. doesn't And the alien shit. has been here specifically to kill someone. Yes, to pick to up a To drag dude. someone off. Um, and so, like, the impartiality uh, and just kind of how removed everything is 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 so brutal like there's nothing in this movie that's incredibly violent except the fact that like you feel so removed and that's really disturbing right that's going to deeply disturb you especially if you're not someone who like normally watches this shit like this one like i watched this years ago before i had really gotten into a lot of other shit and like it still fucks me up in my head thinking about that scene it's horrible and watching it recently i was like it's not as bad as i remember because of how deeply it affected me psychologically when i first watched it it's really brutal and then right after you have that scene with the baby you have a scene where the alien is stuck in traffic and hears a baby crying yes and the character reacts in a way that you understand that the scene prior had an effect on that yes and then they um it also like comes on the radio, you know. You hear about yeah, you the, do hear the about the, like, the fate, the aftermath, yeah. But you can tell like just the knee jerk reaction that wouldn't have been there like two days ago. Right. The alien suddenly has this moment where it's like, "That's a baby crying, and that's upsetting to me." Why is that upsetting to me? That's never been upsetting. Yes. To me. Um. I love it. I love that this like it's it's such a like a fascinating moving of of a of an alien understanding human experience, but then also understanding. I am a woman, right? Like, that's yes. such, like, an interesting kind of yes. take on this. And I've I mean, never that, seen from an alien movie. But that is, like, you know, that's how people experience gender generally. Yeah. Is that, like, you come to understand what what gender you occupy. Right, beyond what people just tell you you should be. Right. Um, and I mean, like, yeah. that's, like, a long experience, I think, for most people. I think Whether so or not, you know, like, whether or not you fit into your assigned gender. I think yes. it's it's a like long experience, like you know. Well, and some people never even a lifelong experience. Some people never have to fully experience it because they may be fed into something that's super assigned to them. Right. And they never want to like actually explore and figure out what that means. But yeah, like, totally. Everyone has the option to explore and figure out what that means, no matter how you fit into your assigned yeah totally. Role. But like yeah, I mean, it's funny to ha- that's why it's so funny to have Scarlett Johansson, who is such the picture of idyllic femininity. She's such a woman, like, when you see Scarlett mm-hmm. Johansson. And she's so, like, voluptuous in Right. This. But also, that's the thing that I thought, so, um, when she undresses, um, when she's seducing the men and she's taking them into the weird primordial alien ooze, whatever that is, we're never fully sure, um, which you could probably write a whole fucking essay on. Oh, totally. Um, she, she is. She's Scarlett Johansson. She's hot. She's hot as fuck. She looks beautiful. She's super feminine. Um. But she's also not, like, I've seen, we've all seen Scarlett Johansson, like, we've seen pictures of her in the magazines. She looks like a human. Yes. Which is, I, that seems, I can't say how refreshing that is, just to see her, and I'm like, oh yeah, she has, like, a normal stomach. It's not, like, sucked in with yeah, a totally. fucking nine pack. Well, yeah, she, <laughs> and she looks like, not, you know, crazy fit or crazy skinny. No, she looks like a normal person. Yeah. But to say that about ScarJo, when, like, we don't see that for her in, like, in fucking Black Widow Get Up, we don't see that for her in, like, any magazine photo fucking thing where that's been photoshopped within an inch of its life, 
I don't know, there's something that's nice about that, right? Yeah, totally. Like, you're like, oh, wow, I can see her as a human. I don't think I've ever seen Scarlett Johansson as a woman before. Like, as a human woman. Yes. So it's kind of weird, you're like, because you're like, she's an alien. Yeah, she's, she's one of the woman. most, like, made-up people. Yeah. You know, the most, like, airbrushed people that you Which kind of makes sense why she would be so, like, dogged about being in this movie and being into this movie, right? Yeah. Because and it's, it's like... like, like for real, like, it is important that this is the first movie where, like, you see Scarlett Johansson's tits or whatever. Like, right, that's absolutely conscious on her part, for sure. Because they're showing because real tits. You know when you're Scarlett Johansson the first time you're in a movie where you get out your tits that, like, it's gonna be constantly looked at and, like, probed and fucking yes. posted on the internet. And, like, you know what? mad respect that it's this movie that it's like you know what if you're gonna do this it has to be this movie yeah and i mean honestly like she's beautiful she's scarlett johansson but she looks like a normal person she does and i love that yeah it's wonderful it's like a wonderful moment yeah she looks like a normal hot woman that you would experience in the world yep she at first is like rehearsed kind of practicing the the experience of seducing that she's very rushed just, and kind you know, of nervous about it yeah she yeah. you know she just knows what you do you smile and you ask questions mm-hmm. and um you respond with interest and you know it's not rocket science if you're hot right um, <laughs> not at all <laughs> you don't even have to be normal about it no. you just fucking say shit yeah you can exactly. be weird but people will be fine right and i mean for the most part yeah that's just what she's doing mm-hmm. um but you see her, like, kind of, you see her connect with people. And this is, like, kind of where, uh, like, just the total lovability of the Scottish people, like, kind of yeah. shines through. Is that you see a lot of these, like, this is such a dude's rock movie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, with a few exceptions, for sure. But, like, you know, she just comes across all these guys who are, like, really sweet and nice and yes. funny. And she talks to them and, like, makes connections with them, and she kills some of them for sure. Like, she takes them back she kills to most of them. the place. She kills most of them. Um, you know, she, like, talks to a guy, like, in a nightclub. She ends up in this nightclub because, like, she's watching this guy, but she gets out of the van and starts to follow him, and this group of, like, <laughs> drunk women kind of yeah, intersect her and just, like, pull them, pull her in and, like, you know, rush her along, and they're like, come yeah. on, you're coming with us! Yeah. And then she ends up in this club, and this guy finds her and says, like, look, you're alone, I'm alone. What do you say to a drink? And it's like such a, you know, kind of like, I mean, yeah, that's sure, so, why that's not? so reasonable. For yeah. Sure. <laughs> um, uh, and yeah, it leads to this moment, which is like kind of the big moment. And there's a bunch, you know, there's a moment where like, I guess, so they used to tell, they used telescopic lenses for like a lot of this. Yeah. And there's this scene where she trips and falls on the street and people stop and help her up. And there's, like, a moment where you're, like, you know, it's kind of, like, ambient humanity. It's just, the camera's just looking at people, and Mm -hmm. it, like, kind of superimposes, like, her face over this, like, massive humanity. And it kind of sees, you know, like, this connection. But she meets this guy. She picks up this guy who has a facial deformity. And, like... I guess um, this is also something where um, the actor's name is Adam Pearson, and I guess they found him because they were looking for someone with a facial deformity, mm-hmm. and he had done acting stuff before. Yeah. He'd done, like, TV before. And so, um, and I guess they he gave input as to, like, what 
Okay. Would lure him okay. in a situation <laughs> yes. like this? Yes, yes. And it's like so, it feels like so it feels real so and so real, human. Where it's she, the most painful scene. It feels like, yeah, and it feels like you can tell that like she's becoming a person and like really feeling this. Well, the shit that she's saying to him and like otherwise, beforehand, it's literally like fucking cookie cutter Tinder shit. Where are you from? What do you do? Mm-hmm. Where are you going? Or whatever. Um, with him, it's so different. And she asks him, she's like, I saw you looking at me. It's like things where it's like awareness of like her own body and desire. Right? She's yes. never had she's before. A- and she's aware of him. Yeah. This is kind of like a Frankenstein's monster like meets the blind man kind of situation where it's like, yeah. she knows what this is. Like, she knows, like, that he doesn't look like other people, but right. she doesn't have, like, the preconceived notions no. that lead her to, like, react, to, that would lead her to react to him the way that other people do. Right, and it feels like a genuine, it feels like a genuine attraction. And I mean, like, that scene is, like, I mean, when she takes him back to the primordial ooze, whatever it is, um, I mean, that's a, the only time we see her get fully dressed for a man. The only time is with this guy. Mm-hmm. And I mean, of course, it's the only time that she actually... We think that he's far gone at this point, but then it's the only time that she lets him go. Mm-hmm. He still gets got by like the handler. Yeah, or he whatever. does. The motorcycle man gets to him, but she doesn't make that. Like she lets him go. Right. She like realizes she like, can't, can't do, do this anymore. Yeah, and it's it's part of it is just like her budding humanity and becoming a woman and a person, but also. I think it's him. It's the connection she has with yeah, him. Yeah, it's like this particular, like, she she now knows how to form a genuine connection. And yeah, it yeah. is like, he's the first person that she, like, gives any, like, actual personal information to. Like, yeah. Yeah, because she says, I noticed you looking at me. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay. And she's like, well, I liked it. Yeah, exactly. And it's like the only time that, yeah. And it feels honest. She doesn't need to say that. Yeah, there's no reason to. It feels like an honest, like, acknowledgement of his desire, but hers as well, which you never had her, uh, like say yeah or acknowledge so yeah it's it's such a it's such an interesting scene and like development of the character and especially to see her beautiful scene like i love it so much and like as much as like the scene with like the beach is fucking horrific this is like so like yeah it's so human and like so connected well and same with the the falling because so they uh jonathan glazer said in an interview that he so I think they, if when he recalled it in the interview, he says, I think we did that scene six times. And, you know, the, the, the it's obviously a contrast scene to the beach. The beach is where she's so impartial. Anything happening that's, like, reminiscent of humanity in peril, she just doesn't care. And it's not, like, evil, it's not malevolent. It's no, just not she's caring, different. which is honestly worse, right? Like it feels worse when you're watching it, and everything's so removed as a camera as well. You're really far removed from everything, and um, but then when she falls, I mean, you're it's Scottish people, but like you know, people are picking her up, like they're they're checking on her, they're making sure she's okay, and like those are real people that yeah. are doing that. Like, people are just so nice, which is such a funny juxtaposition because you have Hagazusa, which I I love, but it's such a fun foil to this because Hagazusa is so much about um some of the latent just like evil and like nastiness of humanity um which is still valid and true but then you have this movie that's about like humanity just kind of trying to perpetuate itself and be itself and like care about like the self-interest that is perpetuated in recognizing another human 
And that's what she kind of learns and understands. And there's something like realistic, but also optimistic about that. Yeah. All of humanity is connected to each other. And like, we're all connected to each other, even if we mean each other harm. Okay. Like that is Uh like, we still, you still have to be connected to someone to do them harm. Mm -hmm. So like, I feel like that that is like, like an overarching theme in both of these movies. Is it like, Oh yeah. We're dependent on each other and connected to each other inextricably. Right. Well, and it's so funny because this, like, Hagazusa is heartbreaking in ways that Under the Skin is not. But then also, Under the Skin is heartbreaking in ways that Hagazusa is not. And it's, like, in such ironic ways, too. Well, because, like, Albrun is human. And, like, the alien in Under the Skin is not. Like, there's a scene where she finally kind of goes rogue. Her handlers are looking for her. And she tries cake. And it's, like, this beautiful scene where you're, like, she's trying the most decadent of human creations, right? She's trying fucking cake. She's not trying soup. Nope. She's not trying a sandwich. She's going for cake. And she takes this bite. I love, like, how did she decide that? She looks at the menu and she's like, I'm not sure. I want that. Yeah, I don't know, but, like, she goes for the thing that is, like, not something that we need. And then she can't do it. She, like, yeah. kind of vomits it up in the restaurant. And, and people like, are staring at her. <laughs> and and that's kind of, like, the beginning of the end for her, right? right. Like, that kind of starts... And, I mean, she does the same thing with sex with the man. Yeah. Um, later on, because she she meets this man, which uh, I put in my notes the sequence where she meets a man um, on the bus who is just like, "Are you okay?" Because <laughs> <laughs> she's clearly not okay. Yeah. Um, she meets this guy who like really generously takes her in and is just like feeds you know, her, just, yeah, letting, which we know she's with that him. Shit. Yeah. I'm like, what does he think? Um, <laughs> What is this man thinking? I don't know. This, is, this reminded me so much of Always Shine. Mm. <laughs> which okay. um, I feel like is just like this thesis on like, just, you know, Dude shut up and have no personality. Yep. And there will be some man who falls completely in love with you. That's, a, that's exactly it. And um, yeah, this guy is just like, and I mean, not to, honestly, not even to disparage this character because he's a really nice guy. He is a nice guy. He just takes her in and takes care of her. And it doesn't seem to be with the expectation of anything, but she wants that. Like, yeah. there's a point where, like, she seems to decide that she wants that. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, it doesn't work for whatever reason. We don't really get, um... I mean, she doesn't have... She She's wearing a skin. She probably doesn't have the adequate parts. That's exactly it. it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like, because the moment... I mean, they're, they're making out, they're getting hot and heavy, and then, like, what happens is, like, she she looks like she's literally looking, figuring it out because something wasn't working, and yeah, she doesn't like it's yeah, that reminder. She gets up and grabs a lamp, and then like yeah, is staring at it, and then is like staring at the wall, <laughs> right? All, you know, and it's like she wants to have, she wants to just have that experience, and she can't because right. yeah, she doesn't, doesn't have work. that. Yeah, so that's like a heartbreaking moment for sure. And I mean, like, it's heartbreaking for her. Like, the guy is just kind of baffled. Like, it's not like it's, like, devastating to him. Oh. Um, this is just, like, a weird adventure he was on for a few days. Yeah. I mean, you can, you can kind of get the sense, like, the guy's, like, down for anything. Like, they could have switched to anything at that moment and it probably would have been fine. But, like, for her, she wanted that specific thing and it couldn't happen. Right. So. And so, yeah, then she has to leave. She leaves. She fucking and she's also out. shed her predator jacket long ago. She takes, she yeah. leaves that when she, um, she's just in her, like, top. When she her pink leaves, top. yeah, her hot, her pink very top. feminine, yes, traditionally pink top, yes. yes, which she's just picked out 
in the beginning, I think, because it's, like, efficient for seducing people. Mm-hmm. But, like, it comes to, like, it comes to feel like something else. Yeah. Like, it's her I thing. Mean, like, maybe yeah. she liked that stuff, and that's why she picked it out. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah, she's left. Now she only has, like, his jacket that he lent her. Uh-huh. And she's walking through the woods on her own. And she, like, this is where I say ironic, because she comes across this logger who starts doing with her a victim interview, like she's been doing with men for this whole movie. Yep. Where, like, he's kind of like, oh, are you out here by yourself? You're just out for a ramble in the woods? You're just hanging out? You're just being, yeah, there's there's tons of stuff around. You can just hang out if you you don't got anybody around you, you know, kind of stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Like, you as an audience are like, stop answering his questions. Yes. Figure but out also, shit. Like, there's like a sense of inevitability in it. There's too, nowhere like the she same can go. As Hagasusa, where it's like, I mean, what's she gonna do? There's nowhere she. Can She's go. alone now. Yeah. Right. I mean, she couldn't have behaved. It's not like a don't go in the house or don't like open the shower curtain. Like she couldn't have yeah. necessarily behaved in a way that would have fixed. But this. it's something like you have to recognize that this is the same thing she's been doing. Oh yeah. Trying to suss out information about like whether someone's vulnerable enough to prey on. This is a predator. Yeah. Well, and it's like, she's so, it's so funny because you go from this, this character that you're kind of horrified by that is the protagonist. So you do, um, for better or worse, you are empathizing with her from the beginning, even in ways that are upsetting to you. Like mm-hmm. when she's looking over the baby and screaming. Um, but at the same time, like she's not human. She's literally removed from the human race. And now you're with her. And it's not that way anymore. And you have someone who is part of the human race who's doing the same thing that she was as an alien. Yes. It's so nefarious. It's so disturbing. Yes. So, like, this man has, like, every potential to have developed empathy, whereas she didn't. Exactly. Yeah. it's, It's so funny to see, like, her development as a protagonist is so interesting because we have... Yeah, because and she... And her only real experience... Well, I mean, she does have a moment where, like, people try to attack her while she's, like, got her van... And her predator oh, code right, or whatever, right, right, right. and I do think that's like a part of her like developing empathy for the people that she's preying on, but she yeah. doesn't really like have any way to have known that some people in the Would human race mean you harm are bad. Well, and, and she doesn't have any. Hurt you. Like, it's funny because she doesn't have any. Like, she's not an alien. Like in fucking like the alien movies, right? Like, she doesn't have like something that can like fucking fuck you up in a second. Um, so. You know, the no, fact she that she was dependent, she was dependent on her support system. Exactly. She was dependent on the motorcycle man in the van. So the handlers that are frantically looking for her, that are doing this and that, like, you kind of fully understand, like, at this point, you fully understand her vulnerability. You're like, she doesn't know anything. She's not a human. Right. She doesn't like the alien shit she's been doing. Um, but she's so alone. She's so, so isolated. No one knows where she is. She doesn't have any supernatural power. She's just not human. It's so scary. It's yeah. so it's scary. Like this than is any about other slasher. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and this is like it feels reminiscent of like you know in the same way as Hagasusa is like just trying to break with the expectations of gender. Like yeah, you know, going out on your own when you're supposed to always have someone there who can watch out for you. Right. Yeah, and, and like, but she doesn't even know. She doesn't even. She has know. no idea that's something that you need. Which kind of like Albert doesn't. Like Albert. Really. Yeah, Albert yeah. doesn't know that you're supposed to have this shit either. No, she doesn't. And so people punish you for not having that that knowledge. And man, <laughs> if you if you are a woman and you've never had that experience before, man, 
just the like, oh fuck, I didn't know there were expectations for this, but I guess there were, and now I'm fucking condemned to hell. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of an intense, I think people understand those expectations, like, in general, just as, like, a gendered thing, right? Because, like, that's why kids are so, like, kids often go through this thing where it's, like, you know, they're an infant, and then they're a toddler, and then there's, like, that point in, like, toddlerism, where they suddenly become, like, hyper-aware of gender. You know? Like, that's pretty normal for kids. Yeah. Where kids are suddenly, like, very understanding. Oh, we both worked is. in libraries before and like have heard from parents like, well, he won't read anything that's supposed to be for girls. And sometimes that's true and sometimes it's like sometimes it's the parents' shit, but sometimes it legitimately is the kids' thing. Right. And so sometimes like a kid's like very into this thing or very not. And like but part of that just it feels like they've recognized that this is this is self preservation. This is yeah. how we live in our in our world and this is how we conduct our lives. Yeah. So but sometimes there's some stuff you haven't learned, and then you're like, oh, fuck, I'm out in the middle of this, and I didn't realize that I did someone not get was going to decide, no one well, gave she me should have done this, and because she hasn't, fuck her. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so, like, that feels like this moment where, yeah, she's um she's alone with this man. Yeah. Um, there's this horrific scene. It's hard to tell which is worse. This right. one is the one Jesus that's in, um, in... It is hard to tell Hagasusa. <laughs> And oh. yeah, like, it just, it gets to this point where, like, she sheds her skin. Literally. She sheds her skin. And not on purpose. It's, it's shed from her. Right. Because she's injured. Her. Yeah. It's um, it's such a violent, it's such a violent image. More than the rape in Hagasusa. Yeah, the rape in Hagasusa is not super violent. I mean, it is violence, but it's, like, not, like... There's not that much force needs that needs right. to be used, exactly. I guess. And we just see her face. Right. We're in, like, under the skin, we see... Yeah, the physicality of the scene is... The rip. Right. Further back. Horrifying. Yeah. Yeah, she just, um... It's really, like, it's torn, so she goes to, like, you know, kind of tear it off. And, I mean, it just, you can't escape it. No, she's done at that no. point. I mean, like, and I mean, like no this is back. like the this is like the moment of like human reaction for like probably most people, I guess, or, yeah. or many people that like this guy sees something he doesn't understand and he fucking lights it on fire. Right. I mean, he comes back to like fucking literally light it up, which is such a great juxtaposition to Hagasusa, which I didn't think about when we picked both of these. No, I literally was like, oh my god, they both burst into flames. They both- and one is supernatural, but the other is like, and supernatural and almost like a bomb, right? Like almost like yeah, like a good. You know what? This this needs is, to end. Yeah, like thank God because what else was gonna? But happen? But with under the skin, it's like you are rebelling. You're like, no, I wanted this. I wanted better for this. Per- I wanted this person to become human. I wanted them to be able to be a woman. Yeah. Like there's like something in there that feels like this huge. Not like Albert doesn't have, but Albert's lived a whole, a short life, but a life. And this alien hasn't. This alien has been here for, like, a week. Like, not very long. No, it's at best, like, a, a month or so. And it's like, we can have all the kind, all the human kindness we can have. And it takes one moment of human violence to just completely undermine right? and do that. Womanhood is ultimately, like, there are many traps. Yeah. <laughs> and if you don't know what you're doing, you just right. fall into them. It's really bleak. I mean, it's funny because that even that movie's bleak, where it's like it it showed a lot of really kindness in human people and like yeah, real human people again because it was yes. people that they really interacted with, 
Like, I was thinking... And it's, it's one of, like, the sweetest, like, kindest, you know, cultures. Yes! Yeah, it's fucking Scotland, and I was, I like, the whole time I was thinking about, like, how bad I felt for the fucking assistant director on this movie, because they always had to have people that were, like, that were frantically running after people to sign releases. They had to have, <laughs> um, like... The lighting and shit was natural, which means you have to schedule the shit out of your shoes. Yeah, my god. You have to schedule the shit out of everything you're doing. You have to get, um, so when we pass, like, a bank, when we pass this and that, you have to get permission from those companies to show their fucking logo. Imagine the absolute nightmare that the actual filming of this was. Yeah, and, dude. Like, making sure this could show up in an actual movie. This is so funny, too, because, like, one of the only other movies that I know of who's, like, shot like this is once which is shot in ireland oh yeah for sure <laughs> and like huh. it's just like yeah if you're hanging out on the british isles you just don't Who knows? Know. you just yeah you <laughs> might just be being filmed with a telescopic <laughs> lens at any given point <sighs> yeah um yeah so you see like genuine you see genuine human kindness and the stuff that and like human connection like there's a moment where like she lures a guy into the fucking ooze or whatever, and he sees, like, the swimmer that she's captured earlier, and he, like, Ooh. reaches out and touches his hand. And it's, yeah. like, such a, like, it's just, like, a, what do you do? What do you do when you're, like, in the void? Yes. And there's another person there. You just reach out and touch them. Yeah. This is just natural. It's a really poignant, like, movie, honestly. And, like, nothing is explained. You don't know why she's there ever. You never figure that out. That's not what this movie's about. It's about her figuring out, like, herself. And, like, figuring out that, like, gender is something she actually wants to be a part of in a specific way. Yeah, and humanity cool. is something. And yeah. And, like, this is the way she fits into it. And, like, for her, like, gender is intrinsically linked to, like, her humanity and her yeah. sense of that. It is it is very poignant how she, you know, kind of comes to see, like, but I like being perceived this way. Well, and I think, like, you can, it, it's not, like, yeah, whether or not you are, like, I vibe with traditional femininity, like... I feel like this movie can help you understand that, like, gender is performative. Just any gender, gender expression. Is not. <laughs> and you, just do, you just do what, like, when someone else looks at you yeah. and you think, like, I like that you're seeing me yeah. this way. And also, like, understanding, like, you know what? Like, maybe as a 12-year-old, I thought I would like this thing because of what I saw and what I heard. But now, as, like, a fucking 30-year-old, I don't like that at all. And that's not me at all. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's shit like that that you figure out continuously i think throughout your life but like yeah i think this movie's great to get you thinking about that sort of thing um or if you don't give a shit it's also just like a really great like it'll make you feel bad <laughs> <laughs> which i like honestly I totally i love to feel bad i think you can get into it i and, love like, to feel dread and despondency i think this movie yeah like service level will make you feel that shit and then if you want to figure that out you can tackle it but otherwise this is a feel bad movie. There's, there's so much happening. Yeah, if you want to have a gender awakening, if you've ever had yeah. a gender awakening watching one of these movies, let us know. Hit us up. We'd love to know. Yeah. Or just in general, we'd love to know. Or just in general, a gender tell awakening us, tell based us. on cinema, we'd love to would know. We'd love to hear that. Yeah. Hit us up, Avi, if you've experienced any kind of gender awakenings and if you want to talk about anything. If you watch these movies, you have thoughts come talk to us we are in yfg pod on most of the socials um just not your final girl on facebook if you want to hit us up there nyfgpod at gmail.com if you want to be like private about it <laughs> and um thanks as usual to um claire holland for writing our namesake book called not i am not your final girl 
It's a book of horror themed poems and you can get that on anywhere they sell books. You can also follow her at Claire C. Writes on Twitter. Thanks to Brian Demarest for our show artwork. You can follow him at Evil Flynn on Instagram and he takes commissions if you're interested. Thanks um, for technical and emotional support from Pat Spurlock. You can find him at Phantom Stranger on Facebook. And thanks to our network, Morbidly Beautiful. You can go to morbidlybeautiful.com and look at any of the other shows on the network, which you should if you are looking for more podcasts to talk about horror movies. And also if you're looking for horror writing, horror essays, they have those too. Mm-hmm. And thanks to Ariel Dyer, my co-host, for writing our song, which is called Under Your Skin. Not to be confused with Under The Skin. No, not Under The Skin. <laughs> under Your Skin. <laughs> yeah. That is our song that you're about to hear again. And you can find that on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever, all the places where there's music. You can pay for it on Bandcamp if you want to. And that's about it, guys. See you later. Bye. Bye. Your skin.